Hello, listeners. Just a heads up. Carolyn was kicked out of her studio today, and it sounds like she's recording in her car, possibly on the side of the road. I swear, if there's anything 2022 has taught us, it's to take it on the chin and just go with the flow. We know you don't care, but we do, and we hate it when things aren't perfect for you. So please bear with us, and we promise our sound will be up to snuff next time we meet. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hello world, it's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who went away to college with an electric typewriter slash word processor under their arm. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the show for people who enjoy dancing for just 10 seconds of every song in the Top 10 Countdown. Solid gold. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Yeah, but you know, the other day that, um, I don't think, I don't know if we posted it, I think we maybe did, but it was kind of circulating that the Golden Girls, when that show started, are like younger than we are right yes. right now. Yes. You guys. And I'm seriously. sorry, they looked a lot older and they still do in those pictures. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I don't want to look that old when I'm this age. Didn't you think they looked older? I agree. They so, are supposed to be old women. I mean, that's why that's, they're yeah, the whole called premise the Golden of the Girls. Show. I'm right. not a Golden Girl. I'm not. I'm more like purple lavender. Isn't it amazing that I forgot her name now? The actress who played who who's the older one? So so Betty White is the older one. No, really old one. Um, But but B. Arthur was. I mean, sorry. Yes, Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty. Betty White was the oldest of all of them in real life. Isn't that amazing? That oh, so she's older than Estelle Getty. In fact, that was the role that she first was um, looked into playing, and she then read that. I just watched when I when she died. I was watching some interviews with her, and yeah, she says she read Rose then, and she's like, "No, this is this is me. This is who I can be." Interesting. She's older. She's the oldest of all the of all the girls. I'm obsessed with analyzing the things that make a person look a certain age, Mm -hmm. like right down to like where a crease is on somebody's face. And it's just because I'm interested. It's not because I'm trying to avoid anything. Um, Okay, I had a point. And what was that? I don't know. Sorry, I lost it. It was a really good one, too. Brooke Shields is hawking the most miracle cream right now that is like, I would like, it is her, she said, triple threat, this cream. I forgot what it's called. Go on her. And I was like, I'm in. Like, I am such a sucker for that. Well, the little jar of cream is $120, so I've not gotten that yet. Um, but again, I'm like, I'll try it. Like, I'm too scared to do all the other stuff. And okay, yeah, here's right. what I was going to yes. say. What is your, this yes. is the thing, you know, besides the, with the, ver- the placement of various lines on your face and the shape of your face and how it sh- changes, it's your hairstyle. Because if you look at the moms in movies from the 60s, all those moms in movies from the 60s are 50 years old. If you look at the golden girls, <laughs> yeah, if you look at your right. own grandparents, yeah. they have the, the grandma helmet. Mm-hmm. They all have the grandma helmet. Yeah. And so it's what you wear and it's what kind of hair you have That's that true. immediately puts you into a grandma category. Like all the golden girls would wear those little pantsuits that my grandma wore. And they had the Imagine, permed like, just hair. Put a, yeah. yeah. And the little helmet. So put a pantsuit on me and a helmet, you know, and give a you a helmet. And now I'm Grammy. 
Yeah, that's so true. I think they mm-hmm. didn't. I don't even know when they bathed or showered because I think you know you get your hair set. You can't and, get that wet. No, you sleep in the right. little. It was like once yes. a week you went and you got your hair got done your, and then you got your set. set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a yeah. Love Boat episode I was watching. I was finishing it after our we recorded the other day because I was like, dang it, I didn't get to finish the Tom Hanks one. And then that Fabre is on it. And she, her and her husband are empty nesters. I don't know if you remember this one. They're empty nesters. They have six kids. He's so excited because he now just wants to travel around the world. And then that Fabre looks every bit of like 60, 58, 60, because she's mm-hmm. got the little short permed hair and she, the, what she's wearing and you can see all mm-hmm. the lines on her face and then it turns out she's pregnant. And so they have to oh, start God. over and she's worried, oh to, she's worried about telling her husband. So Brian's watching it with me and we're like, <laughs> there is no way in hell that woman can be pregnant. Younger and I than said, you. Brian, you know what? I bet you anything if I, go- I didn't, but I was like, if I Google Nanette Fabre, I figured out what episode this is, what year mm-hmm. and her age. I bet you anything she's my age. I bet you anything she's, it's because yeah. of what they're putting her in. And yeah. Her hair, you're right. Her, she had the short, she had the Golden Girls hair, the little permed. Remember hair. when Rue McClanahan thought that she was pregnant on Golden Girls? <laughs> Not really. I think, no. I think that maybe. Yeah, there's an episode where, because you I know, feel like she's, I do, the, yeah. she's the one who embraces her sexuality, and there's an episode where she thinks she's pregnant. And I was like, wait a minute. Has she not <laughs> got your menopause? Get pregnant. How can you get pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that became the menopause. Um, episode. episode. Oh, yeah. okay. You guys want right. to talk about solid gold? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do All it. Right, let's do it. Solid Gold began on September 13th, 1980, and immediately made my preteen Saturday nights a lot more interesting. The show's first host was Dionne Warwick, and she sang the theme song that will live in your head forever, even though you didn't know it was there. The music has magic. You know you can catch it if you let the songs take control. The sound starts to glisten the more that you listen, and slowly it turns into... I'm imagining the exactly. plumes of smoke. Right. Yeah, they like their explosives. Oh, goodness I gracious. I can't stop going. I mean, I don't even sing the whole song. I just walk around my house going, Solid Gold. gold. Well, I'm dressed like those. You guys can't see me, but I actually came to today's recording with, um, I tried to poof my hair and I wore a glittery shirt and a, um, a headband. And since I've had it on, I've been walking around my house um, driving my family crazy. Solid Gold. And Solid they don't really, gold. They don't find me amusing, but I do. You can't dance without a headband. It's <laughs> just can't. a fact. Right. It's just a fact. Right. Solid Gold was like American bandstand crossed with Soul Train with performances by the biggest and most current acts on the music charts. But it stood out from these others by including one important feature that they did not. An in-house crew of dancers that performed routines choreographed to the week's top 10 songs. I mean, was it a show? It wasn't a show without the dancers. no. no. Because no. let's be honest, like they were the show. You could get those countdowns other places. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you couldn't get the dance unless you're right. watching Southern Cold. <laughs> That's right. And honestly, could you get more of an array of performers than they would get? I mean, no. next to the Grammy Awards, I'm sorry, people, this was the next best thing to seeing somebody like Charlie Rich perform a little bit after Adam and the Ants and then Santana comes on and then Helen Reddy sweeps in. And it's just amazing. And I was thinking earlier that if we were to put something in a time capsule that represented 
the 1980s, an episode of Solid Gold would be really good. Because yes, you'd get the dancing, you'd get the music, you'd get uh, the, the, outfit, fashion, the, clothes, the fashion, the fashion, right, yeah. the hair stuff. So it is in a category all its own. It was so of the moment. Everything yes. was of the moment. These weren't throwback performances. These weren't people promoting something that was coming out. It was what you were listening to the radio now, right, right now. Right. And this was still a very, um, this is still associated with babysitting for me, just like our Love Boat episode. So I started babysitting every Friday night in seventh grade um, for the little boy in my neighborhood. So this coincides precisely with the premiere of Solid Gold. So I would watch, I'd put him to bed, then there would be Love Boat, Fantasy Island, and then Solid Gold. And it was during this babysitting gig that I had one of my most humbling moments ever. Oh. It had to be season one of solid gold because I was in seventh grade and that's when it began and cool in the gang was on singing celebration. And that's a seventh grade song. So we know it was the first season and I just needed, I just needed to dance it out like hard. <laughs> Sometimes you just got you, to Your body feels the dance. Yes. I was just feeling the dance and cool oh, in the gang just was lighting my fire. Mm-hmm. And so I just let it go, you guys. And I just, I brought out my best moves, all of them, like including jumps. I'm doing jumps in this, because this big family room is like my stage and I'm just letting it all go. And then at the end, I like end with my pose and I'm doing the, like in my house, like, hold hold your pose, hold your pose. Oh, gotta hold the pose, yeah. Yeah, I'm holding my pose. And then I look to my left. Oh no. Oh yeah, I'm afraid. Out the sliding glass window. And I lived in the suburbs. Oh no. All the houses were the same. And you all had a sliding glass door that opened out onto your grass, which was everyone's grass, right. because everyone's yard looked onto the other neighbor's yard and into their sliding glass door. And I can see the glow of everybody's TV. And their rooms are dark, and I can see their TVs. And my room, <laughs> all the light. lights are on. <laughs> and I realized that I just did a performance, basically on the screen, of the dance. <laughs> For all my neighbors to watch. And I remember just like lying down on the floor and like pretending I was doing this on purpose. And then I kind of crawled over to a place that was out of the view of the sliding glass door. Shut the lights off. Shut all the lights off. I'm just horrified at what I've just Where was your um, little boy that you were babysitting? Was he your audience? Because it's solid gold time. Oh, okay. He goes to bed before Love Boat. Oh, okay. Ours was on earlier because it was a syndicated show. So I think ours came on like... Between when the news was on and evening shows started. But again, because I'm in the Eastern time zone, there was kind of yep. that weird hour. So I'm thinking that's why it was on then. Okay. And it was on the independent channel. So they could play yeah. with when uh-huh. it was on. So mine mm-hmm. was Love Boat, Fantasy Island, Solid Gold, Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. God, mm-hmm. that's a power night, man. Oh, God. Yes. And then I'd go home with $7. <laughs> So the show actually grew out of a TV special called Solid Gold 79, which was a year-end review of the top hits of 1979 with performances by all the artists that sang them. So that's what we're showing up for, right? And apparently that special, that TV special, did well enough to get a a weekly, a spin-off of a weekly 30-minute show that fall. So now they could give us the top 10 songs each and every week instead of just a yearly roundup. And to do this, they used data from a music industry publication called Radio and Records, which measured only radio play. 
not radio play and record sales like the Billboard Hot 100 did. So if you were listening to Casey Kasem or anything like that, that was measuring something different. So these songs didn't necessarily line up with Billboard. Um, And the artists who sang those top songs would then be invited onto the show to perform or, in truth, to lip sync. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> As was the tradition <laughs> of you. the day. Yes. This is what we did. But when the host did a duet or when a host sang a song, sometimes the host would duet with a, with a guest or sometimes the, um, if it was two hosts, they would sing a duet together. They got to perform live, mm-hmm. but all of the guests, they had to do their lip syncing. And can I just say how lip syncing performances are such a sign of the times? I don't even know if that's done anymore. I have no idea. But when I was a kid, I always wondered, like, you're watching them singing, and then the song just fades out. It fades out. And right. they just, like, quit. They just, right. like, they put turn their car down. They just yeah, turn like, around. Just, <laughs> and I always wondered how they did that. Like, how did they just get so quiet like that and then just stop singing mm-hmm. all of a sudden? I've heard kind of recent stars talk about lip syncing, and they say, the, I, think it was, I feel like it's Kelly Clarkson who I heard say one time that the easiest way to do it, if you have to do it, is you have to actually sing. So your mic isn't That's hot, what right? I wonder. You have to actually sing the song. So to get yeah. your, you've, you've sang that song a million times. So you have to, and you don't have to sing it full belt, but you yeah. have to sing it so that your mouth looks like you're. So you're not just mouthing the mm-hmm. words. Yeah, you because can't do your it chest well, some people to heave. Do. It looks like you have, you to, have to breathe, giving yeah. some effort. Yeah. It's funny. I was, when I was watching some of these and prep and prep for this episode, um, watching Andy Gibb and Marilyn McCoo sing a couple songs and very, I mean, I love, love both of them, but very obvious that they were not lip syncing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, they're not mm-hmm. really hitting the notes, just yeah. not really hitting the notes, but you know, you yeah. get an Irene Cara or something like that. And you're like, wow, you sound exactly like my soundtrack. It's just like the radio. <laughs> well, and I you noticed. fade out exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed when, um, Dionne Warwick was singing, if she was singing with a co-host sometimes, or a guest, she'd be singing their song as a duet. So I think yeah. it was like Leo Sayer or somebody she was yeah. singing with. And you can see her like reading the teleprompter <laughs> over his shoulder. So, you know, he's oh, like right oh, here her. and the teleprompter's over here. So you can see kind of this. They're supposed to be looking at listeners. Side that's right. Side it's kind like of moving. like on Saturday Night Live. You know how they do that? Yes, you can yes, tell yeah. they're reading. It's yes. just, just like that. And she's not a good teleprompter reader oh. i learned after watching several of these episodes really none of those people are that are the co- are the co-hosts you can just kind of see their eyes yes across the thing but when she's singing it's so funny because she's supposed to be looking into looking leo in sayer's eyes, eyes right. but she's looking across his shoulder right off The very, that first weekly show of Solid Gold opened with the very first episode um, with Irene Cara, accompanied by the Solid Gold dancers, of course, singing the song Fame from the movie of the same name. This was the first moment of Solid Gold. And what we didn't know as we were watching Irene Cara sing Fame which I definitely was, is that just eight years prior to that, we were watching her play the keyboards on the electric company. That's all I thought about like two days ago when I was, well, I didn't know that at the time, we but now idea. that we're, now that we're podcast hosts and we learn stuff like this, I was so into that when I was just watching this the other I night, know. I was like, oh my gosh, she was, she was on the electric company. She was in the short yeah. circuit, the, the short band circus, that was, that's right. um, oh, that's right. Short circus, not short circuit. Um, she was in the band for the electric company with all the kids in their 
Go-Go Boots. And she was so adorable. I loved Irene Cara so much, you guys. I wanted to be her. She was like my fashion icon. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be her, even though, even though, in this little segment when she's singing Fame, she's wearing her Danskin <laughs> leotard over her pants. Her, like, palazzo her. pants. Sequin, yeah, she's of got course. some sparkly pants. I'm just going to put the bodysuit over the pants. It's a fantastic outfit. And then she has the long mm-hmm. kind of coat, flowy. And then at the end, she takes it off so you can see her back crisscrosses of her dance skin. God. She's dar- she's darling. She you know what struck me, darling. you guys, from the opening moments of the first episode? What's the move called where it looks like you've got a comb in one hand? You're like a 50s guy. And you're brushing mm-hmm. your hair back <laughs> and then you're smoothing it with the other hand. And you're doing we your literally. Hair. What's that called? You got to go fast. We literally call called? it brush your hair. Okay, brush so brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair. So as as episode one starts and we get our very first seconds with the solid gold dancers, they're doing the brush your hair for like two solid Forever. minutes. <laughs> brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair. And then they turn and they do it to the back and to the brush side your hair, brush your and hair. to the front. And then and to the walk front. away and brush and your hair, brush your hair, brush yeah, your hair. Brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair. Please, can we just spend just a brief moment and talk about the pyrotechnics? <laughs> Oh, on solid mm-hmm. gold. It's not just the opening, mm-hmm. which is a recorded opening, but when someone's singing live, like Irene Kara singing live, they're so pitiful. They do this blast of baby sparks <laughs> that reach baby maybe sparks. maybe 12 inches high, but it's followed by a plume of smoke that looks like a bomb went off on stage and they hit with the beats. And you know that they thought that was the coolest thing ever but it's like like a roadie with a sparkler like holding it up in the air he's got a sparkler well and the smoke's like billowing it's like it's like cumulus clouds of smoke (laughs) oh i'm so excited and the song so i just want to do a little timeline of this because i was like "Hmm, when did the movie like how big was this song when irene cara is opening the show the movie fame came out in may of 1980 so that's four months prior in today's language that's dead in the water. That's all over. But by 1980s standards, that's still hot. Uh-huh. That's big. And so when this show aired, Irene Kara's song fame was number four on the charts. So they were going big. She would get nominated for a Grammy for this song. The song won an Oscar. So all of this is to say is that Solid Gold was like, we're doing it. We're doing it right. We're starting with the big one. Okay, and you're going you're gonna to die, Michelle, because right here in my notes, I have brush your hair. Brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair. And I kept thinking, oh my God. you guys, there's a name for that, like that I like the lawnmower or the water sprinkler. And yeah. I was like feeling like I was having one of those senior moments. So I'm glad that you guys aren't like, duh, it's called the, it's basically, no. the, I kept thinking of like brush the greasers, hair. like putting some gel in my hair, gel in my hair, gel in my hair. Yeah. Well, and you hopefully can see people like, know. the hopefully choreographer, <laughs> the choreographer's in the studio going, then you're going to brush your hair with your right hand, then brush with your, left. It with your brush left. with your right. <laughs> now we're going to do double time. Brush your hair, brush your hair, brush your hair. That's and to the left, and to the right, and to the back. And I want to just say now, before we go on anymore, because I know we're going to talk more about the dance, the solid gold dancers. Listeners, I was not a dancer. I uh, co-host with two other women who were dancers. So they say things like, I don't know, brush double time and brush your hair and <laughs> grape vine. change. Or we say really chain. complicated terms. Yeah, great like vine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know any of these things. So if I'm quiet mm-hmm. or I'm acting, I ask a, a dumb question. I'm sorry. I did not. I did take disco lessons at Martha uh, Marshall Highland School of Dance, which I've shared before. The choreographed yes. And I do pageant. want you to give us a little lesson. I'm, I'm going to blow your mind that. later when I say pot of beret. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just there kidding. was one. There was French? one. Pot of beret. The, pot of beret. Double turn. Yes. Stop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe I'll just sit up. I brush love your hair. How, brush, and I you love can brush your hair and pot of beret at the same time. 
It's very oh, hard. You could. Can do it. Mm-hmm. We can do it. You can. Okay, so also in this first episode of Solid Gold, this is a little mystery to me. Chuck Berry performs on the first episode, and I understand the significance of Chuck Berry and rock and roll history and how he is beloved by a lot of people. But when I think about the target audience of Solid Gold being like age 12, like I knew who Chuck Berry was, but he was a throwback artist, and I was not interested in seeing him. Not was that to get time. our parents, maybe? I to watch I think it was. I'm going to go back to my um, variety theory that mm-hmm. I've had yep. about our variety shows and all of that. That was their mm. way to maybe bring in an older demographic because my parents would have certainly known who Chuck Berry sure. was. And they would have yeah. been saying, oh, well, he had the number four song back on the day like Irene Cara does now. I mean, I do love Chuck Berry. Um, but the thing that I love the most about that performance is that the solid gold dancers, I cannot say that, the solid gold dancers cannot keep up they are <laughs> exhausted they look like they're doing aerobics they're and because oh, yeah. they're just going as fast as they can and it's like the choreographer said okay you guys just freestyle as hard as you can for as long as you can and don't forget they're only used to dancing for 10 seconds at a time so this was a whole song and they weren't going to make it to the end at one point that a guy just starts shaking he's just starts shaking like this as if he can't figure out like this is all i've got i don't i can't think of anything else to do and he just starts shaking oh gosh oh that's fantastic oh, those okay so the countdown in the first This is the in this first episode is the first time that we're um, shown the countdown of the weekly show. But in the first episode of each season, the countdown paid tribute to some of the biggest songs of the previous year. I don't know how they did that in September. Um, And they also seem to be like random selections from the whole (laughs) top 40, not just the top 10. So the first episode of the year is a little confusing. And they do them out of order. Yes, that Why? drives yes, me crazy. Yes. Why? I don't, I don't understand. remember that at the time, but rewatching I don't the past couple either. days, I was very confused because now I think our brains are, we probably went over our heads or we just were happy to watch the dancers or listen to the yeah. songs, maybe. But now I was like, I need order. I need some <laughs> I order. I need order. And aren't you supposed to be building towards something? So here are, this is the list of songs in that first episode in order of appearance. Number four was Hot Rod Hearts by Robbie Dupree. Hot Rod Hearts out on the boulevard tonight. Here come the Number eight, Give Me the Night by George Benson. So give me the night. Give me the night. Number 13, Emotional Rescue by the Rolling Stones. Number 19, Jesse by Carly Simon. Jesse, I won't cut fresh flowers for you. No. Number two, Upside Down by Diana Ross. I said, Upside Down, you're turning me. You're giving love instinctively. Round and round, you're turning me. Number one, All Out of Love by Air Supply. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without. But wait, there's more. Because why would you end at number one? You can't, no. You you just keep going. Okay, so then after number one, you have number 14, (laughs) I'm Alright, by Kenny Loggins, which is the theme to Caddyshack. Um, Number 29 is Driving My Life Away by Eddie Rabbit with, I'm not kidding you, 
choreography that is simulating driving a car. Hold on to the wheel. Turn the wheel. Christian, we're all drive, about drive, interpreting drive. the dance. Yeah, I'm, I'm just interpreting the dance. It was like it choreographed like by a four-year-old. Drive yes. your car. Um, and then number 16, Xanadu by our beloved ONJ, Olivia Newton-John. all right mm-hmm. but pretty random like why why don't you put number one at the end you can put number two in the middle someplace but why don't you put number one at the end see when i was watching it the other day i actually thought i was like did is this like a clip is this from like i was very yeah. confused right in fact i had written I, down notes to ask you guys why yeah why did they and then i figured out oh wait because then i watched some other episodes that were just the 10 and i was like oh that was the first yeah. or that was the first one of the, the season, first so. one of each year but it's mm-hmm. it's not starting in january it's starting in september yeah, that's so very, that's it's odd. kind of it's a little bit strange did they do all 40 <laughs> no that's no that's why oh, it was random because it's still a half okay. an hour show it's still just a 30 <laughs> minute show <laughs> i didn't think they didn't that's why i thought oh they just pick whichever ones they like yeah whatever they okay. want yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you asked people who hosted Solid Gold, I think the majority of people would say Dionne Warwick. But the truth is Marilyn McCoo actually got a lot more airtime. I think Dionne I would Warwick say, did. because I think I probably didn't really watch it until 80, 81, 82, something like that. Mm-hmm. I would even say I probably didn't watch it till yeah, 82. Okay. Um, and I don't know who, who was the host then, but my first thought when I think of Solid Gold as Marilyn McCoo. Marilyn McCoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the first year, it was Dionne Warwick, and she was the primary host, and she had a rotating roster of guest hosts. This is the only year they did that. And so here, Carolyn, is where your point about trying to pull in an older audience, so we have a broad audience, because I was like, what the hell? Neil Sedaka, Johnny Mathis, Paul Williams, Glenn Campbell, and her first host is Paul Anka. I'm like, why Paul Anka on a show about popular music? Well, I think you nailed it because they're trying to get our parents to watch with us. Do you guys know a fun fact about Paul Anka? Yeah, please. His daughter, Amanda Anka, is married to Jason Bateman. Oh, my God. Jason Bateman's father-in-law is Paul Anka. That song that Paul Anka sang in the 70s, and I'm pretty sure it's him. Have my baby. You're the woman I love and I love what it's doing to you. Oh, that song, just even now, you know, we talk about feelings that we get when we hear songs. That, there's no nipple lightning or vagina <laughs> no. thunder. It's just like. Shut it down. Yeah. Oh. And I would it's just like, visualize it because that's when oh, I was God. first learning all that stuff too, too. Like that song would be on the radio in the car. And I'd be like, ew, just ew. It's like I'd too go, much information. It, it was. Oh, it was. And it's so funny you say that, Carolyn, because I had the exact same reaction as a child. Ew. Yeah. Ew, Stop singing. Right. Stop I, talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I still have it, that same um, feeling when I hear it. So in that first season, sometimes there would be guest hosts and Dion was completely gone. So Peaches and Herb hosted. We talked about Debbie Harry hosting. And this was always, it's felt a little bit weird. Like, where's Dion? And maybe Dion doesn't want this job. I almost wondered, like, did she get hired to sing the theme song and then they tricked her into hosting the show or something? And she's like, ah, oh, damn it. Well, I'll tell you what, rewatching some of these, she doesn't look that excited to be there, to be honest. I agree. She's, like you said, Carolyn, she's not a good cue card reader. She seems like she's kind of dialing it in yes. a lot. I, she, that's exactly what it seems like. 
And I, I noticed, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, but nobody gets overly dressed up for this show. I mean, she sometimes looks like she had gone to the grocery <laughs> store and then she just pulled up and ran in to do oh, her shoot, solid like, gold. You know, solid um, gold. Yeah. Oh, damn it. I forgot about solid gold. Yes. I just thought some of these people, what are you wearing? Like, you know, were you just working on the car? It just seemed bizarre to me. And then she's gone after a year. So maybe we're right. Maybe she did get tricked into singing a theme song and then they just like started a camera rolling and tricked her. (laughs) So then in the second season, because Dionne Warwick is gone. In the second season, we have Marilyn McCoo and Andy Gibb, who is then replaced by Rex Smith. And then after that, Marilyn McCoo went solo, hosting All By Herself from 1983 to 1984. And then Rick Dees took over. He's the L.A. Um, right. DJ yeah. who sang Disco, Disco Doc. And he's also one of the producers of Solid Gold. So it almost seems like an emergency takeover. Wait. Like, did they run out of hosts? And they're like, Rick, yeah. get on stage. Yeah. Because, because he also he did a countdown. D- I remember listening to like the Rick Dees countdown. He was a DJ. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. He was on the radio. And because then, after Rick Dees, mid-year... Dion Warwick comes back, back. <laughs> and she's there through 1986, at which point then we get Nina Blackwood from MTV taking over with Arsenio Hall and, I'm not even kidding, Marilyn McCoo. And this Again. goes through 1988 <laughs> and the end of the show. So I, it feels like, is there a solid gold curse or something? Why couldn't they get anyone to host this show? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. I wasn't watching it then. Like, did you guys watch it for its entire run? Oh, no. I didn't because no, yeah. I stopped babysitting at a certain point. Right. Well, and yeah. And I think for me, like I said, in the Love Boat episode, once I got to like, 11, well, for sure, 11th and 12th grade. So let's mm-hmm. say 85, 86, 87. Saturday nights, I've got basketball games or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we've got social lives, right? So yeah. I didn't watch it then. And, and I, like I said, again, too, I wasn't wasn't important enough for me to learn how to use a V. I don't even know if we had a VCR. Then. Oh, we did probably have one. did. I don't no, know. But for me, the years that I probably watched this a lot, like I said, I remember Marilyn McCoo and I, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess that for me, my gold, solid gold years were probably, oh, like 81, sixth grade, seventh mm-hmm. grade, eighth grade, something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe 82 to 84. It's a junior like high thing for mm-hmm. me, for sure. It's a junior high babysitting thing. Cause I think I babysat all the way through ninth grade. Um, so it's Marilyn McCoo really at the end of the day, who's done most of the hosting and she actually hosted more than she co-hosted because as you know, her co-host often famously did not show up and then she would end up hosting the show by herself at the last minute, bless her heart. And she didn't really get the credit she deserved. Um, and she's a little salty about that, understandably. Mm -hmm. And I actually, Andy. We're talking about Andy Gibb. Yeah, yeah, sorry, audience. I thought you'd be right there with me. But yeah, we're talking about Andy <laughs> well, Gibb just... not showing up um, for Solid Gold. And I actually found a ticket online um, for to be in the, the studio audience of Solid Gold. And it says on the ticket, it says, um, KTLA Television, Solid Gold, hosted by Andy Gibb. And then at the bottom, it says, with co-host Marilyn McCoo. Ooh, I'd be salty, I know. too. I would be salty as well. So Andy Gibb was famously let go because of his addiction issues. And this is prime Victoria Principal era, right? Mm-hmm. Like they even make jokes about it on the show because he's so famously in love. But he cannot get control of his addiction and he, he has trouble showing up. But if you interview people from the show, he's really quite beloved, if mm-hmm. unreliable. I've seen interviews with the Solid Gold dancers who talked about him being such a special friend. Um, and they're really quite broken after his death, mm-hmm. even though he was only on the show for a year. So he made a big impact on people, even though um, 
he caused such difficulty. But the producer, after, after Andy Gibb died, the producer of Solid Gold said, Andy was a very charming, vulnerable, and charismatic performer. He clearly meant well. He wasn't being difficult. He was going through problems he couldn't deal with. He wanted everyone to love him. He had so much going for him, and he just couldn't believe it. It's heartbreaking. It is. It is so heartbreaking. Um, Marilyn, Marilyn McLuhan. Damn it. <laughs> That's all right. We'll wait. Marilyn, out, Marilyn, <laughs> Marilyn McCoo, um said that he was very fragile, and she knew that the burden that he was carrying was much bigger than he could bear. And much. if you think about it, he was only, if you do the math, he was only 23 years old. Oh, my gosh. Right? He's a baby. He yeah. was a little baby. And Marilyn McCoo was 38. So not only do we have a seasoned performer, but we have somebody who's kind of like an authority figure, somebody who knows what she's doing. Um, and that could just put a lot of pressure on him, and he just couldn't, he just couldn't make it happen. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of like we were talking about John Travolta um, in our Saturday Night Fever episode, just mm-hmm. that age. And again, we, sat, we talked about males and not even being their brains fully formed as adults. They're I mean, still you're boys. still making childlike... Yeah you know, immature decisions because that's where your brain it still is. And if addiction is in is in your DNA, mm-hmm. watch yeah, out, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. coincidentally, Solid Gold is also where Andy Gibbs' daughter, none of us knew he had a daughter when we were planning on marrying him, right? Um, but Solid Gold is where his daughter first laid eyes on him for the first time. Wow. Yes. So this is what she says. She says, I knew I had a dad. I knew that he was a singer and that he lived in America. And that's it, really. It wasn't until much later that I knew he was famous. And then she goes on to say, I remember mom. She's Australian. I remember mom calling me into a room once, pointing at solid gold on the TV and saying, that's your dad. That's almost like harsh. That's like a harsh introduction. I know. I know. And that's what she says. You might want to ease her into that. (laughs) <laughs> right, oh, honey. Remember, I'll bring how home we've shadow dancing first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There he is. Oh, yeah, wow. and so she says it was so difficult for me to reconcile that this guy in gold pants was anything to do with me or my life or the guy who called me from time to time. It was pretty confusing, actually. How old was she? She was well. She was ten when he died. So I think she was six when she found okay. out oh, when she was pointing that's, out solid. That's gold. An, I feel like. Hmm. I'm not a therapist, but I feel like that's not a way to tell a six-year-old. Here's your dad. No, honey, come so here. Casually. Look at this. Look at this famous guy on the TV. Like, oh my If you like what you hear, let us know by becoming an official supporter of the Pop Culture Preservation Society on Patreon. This show is created, researched, produced, distributed, edited, and paid for by us, Kristen, Carolyn, and Michelle. And your support allows us to keep the lights on and keep on trucking. For the price of one or two cups of coffee a month, you can become a supporter by going to poppreservationists.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Or go to our link in bio on Instagram and find the Patreon link in our link tree. We appreciate you and thank you so much for helping us do what we love. So you guys, 
we have to pay tribute to the Solid Gold dancers because let's be mm-hmm. honest, they were this show, like I said earlier. Their job, their whole job, was to interpret these short clips of the top songs for us and then seamlessly move from one style of the dance to the next. <laughs> and we say it all the time on this show, dance is life. Dance and is this life. show might be the best illustration of that, to be quite honest. <gasps> yes, I think like, you're right. I mean, like I said earlier, what was the point of watching it? If you weren't there for the dancers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you could get the I, music on everything else and you weren't even getting the whole song. Um, and so let's talk about the dance. So yeah, if you have ever in your life rid and spun and rolled on the floor in the heat of the dance or crawled slowly, slowly <laughs> forward, like you're a hungry wolf, you've done basically 92% of the solid gold dance choreography. You're a dancer. You are mm-hmm. hired. Um, and then, um, we, and then if you want to, I want you to picture this so we can get a a good, an image, picture this, just spandex, spandex for days, spandex tank unitards. If you are unfamiliar with the unitard, it's the long one piece. You don't have to wear tights too. It's the one piece. Shiny, 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 shiny spandex, leotard, spandex, pants, spandex, dance bottoms, and then sequins, stretchy sequined belts, suspenders, crisscross sequins between the boobs, sequined tube tops, sequined capes, ankle fringe. Um, we get shiny high heels. Sometimes we might get metallic mork from orc boots and wide belts. <laughs> um, and then as we move into the eight, further into the eighties, we're going to see some classic French cut leotards, the ones that go way up high over the oh, hip bone. Yeah. The yeah. cut is nice and high. Mm-hmm. Leg warmers, oversized flash dance shirts. But a very important part of the solid gold dancer ensemble, over permed hair with mm-hmm. headbands, but like I'm wearing mine today in tribute. Only across the forehead, this way. Right. They're like pinned underneath mm-hmm. your hair. Right. Yeah. And and then, and it doesn't matter if your hair short or long, it needs to be permed. And it needs to have like yeah. six perms. Like if you go to the <laughs> salon and you see, I need a perm, and then you happen to drop, I'm a solid gold dancer, they say, well, stay in your chair because we're giving you another perm. Because it's got their a lot of hair, There's and even the short hair it. is very mm-hmm. tall and cur- permed, <laughs> but then slicked back on the sides. It's very nice. And then always we, you that's guys. That's like a bi-level. We called that a bi-level. Yeah. Oh, that was, I loved that haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hairstyle. I had the, not and, the poof, and, but the bi-level. And the long yeah. hair was just so fabulously permed and frizzy. And then always with it all gloves, 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 elbow length gloves, biker gloves, and the ever, ever popular fingerless <laughs> gloves were worn. Those are handy in case you need to like unlock yeah. a door or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the men, same perms, same headbands, same gloves, but add high-waisted spandex dance pants, like think um, Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing, um, sequined vests or jackets. And what about the shirt, you ask? Don't be ridiculous. Oh, There's never a shirt. No shirt. Never a shirt. No shirt. It's hot. No, there might be half a vest, but um, anyway, so I mentioned, you guys, I mentioned the writhing and the spinning and the crawling and the rolling and the humping on the floor, but how did they get there to the floor, you might wonder? 95% of the time, a slow center split right on down to the ground. She's going down right now. Can you picture it? She's she's going all the way down. You're slowly, and then the hand, the one hand is reaching forward to catch them. And then they catch on the floor. But if they were standing, they were generally gyrating in some fashion. And if there was a guy dancer in the group, then like three of the girls are rubbing their bodies on him. And usually one or two three of them on one. end up sliding and slithering down to the ground. And they end up crouched <laughs> on the floor, holding onto his calf like it's their last carrot stick. Like they're like holding <laughs> onto it. <laughs> 
And you, right? it's hard to go that slow because the fabric is so shiny. You would normally yes. just like whoop, all the way to the ground. That took a lot of core strength. It's a lot of core strength. And we didn't have core strength in the 80s. Yeah, and one of them's like That's holding onto his ankle. Like with one leg back and the other one might be holding one hand up on the thigh Mm -hmm. because the best, best, best part of this all, you guys, in my opinion, are the end poses, which mostly just consist of a slow burn turn (laughs) or raise of the head to the camera, but with a smolder. If you guys could see us right now, we're like, our faces are really close And and it's the jazz hands too. Sometimes it's like, if you ever wanted a reason to join our Patreon, this is it right it's here. This. You'll get to see this. Oh, my gosh. Okay, You'll wait. There's this Michelle one, too. There's this one, too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's the fade out. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah, hold it. And I just turned my head it, super it, slowly. It, I'm sorry yeah. you didn't get to see that. Well, know, you I'm turn sorry. your head slowly mm-hmm. to the camera, yes. and then you stare. Is you this And then hold it. I like to say smolder. Because there was a smolder. You guys, as a non-dancer that I have said I am, is this what you two, like, aspired to do? Is this what you, like... I would say 100% with with a caveat. I did think that there, that this was a... um, that this was a category in and of itself, even though they're doing all the same steps that I'm doing it, they're doing it with a sexual verb that I didn't have access to. That's true. But... I couldn't take my eyes off them either. So we might make fun of the solid gold dancers, but we're doing the same thing. Well, because what I want to say, because Carolyn, you just said, is this good? And one of the last things that I wanted to say is that all jokes aside, their job was not for the faint of heart. Like these dancers were athletes. Like what they were doing was actually really, really hard and amazing. And they took it very seriously. And the solid gold dancers actually gained quite a fan base. It was super hard. Yeah, they they did. They would sign autographs. And like, did you, you know, when they started introducing them, I believe in season two, maybe, or three, Mm -hmm. they started introducing them. People knew them by name. Darcel. Jamila. Pam Pam with the short hair. She's so cute. And and so, uh, oh, it was good. And I will say that we're joking about the gyrating and the humping and the rolling. And, and, and I like how you said, Kristen, it was like a sexual, what did you say, a verve or whatever that we didn't yeah, have access to? there was a sexual to. verb that I didn't have access to. But going to. back and watching it now as an adult, I do not think it's overly sexualized dancing at all. Like, I'm actually quite, it reminded me a lot recently of Dancing with the Stars. It, even though that's sure. ballroom and this mm-hmm. is not, they do on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. The pros do these little snippets of dances. And I'm telling you what, the, the lyrical dances, even in Dancing with the Stars that aren't ballroom... They get pretty, they get pretty sexy. I didn't think, I didn't think it was too much. I thought it was, I thought they were, they were, I think they were really good. And because dance like that, to dance like those dancers are doing, they're absolutely athletes. Like that, that it was takes a punishing a schedule. Of, it was, it was yeah. grueling. They had to learn a lot of choreography super fast. Quickly. Yeah. Super fast. And so there's a lot of memory work. Um, and they had a transition sometimes when one, yeah. you know, when it would be the same, like four group of four and it would go, those four would go from one song to the next. Sometimes they completely changed their style of dance. They went from mm-hmm. lyrical to like mm-hmm. jazz and then they're doing like the pony and the hair and the hair yeah. and the hair. And, and, and the hair. I watched one and they hair. were all on point shoes. Oh my God. I never yeah. saw that one. I saw one. They're all on, the, the four girls are on point shoes. Yeah. Sometimes you, you said in the beginning how they interpret the song. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Some of those dances that went to the song, I was like, are, "Do you hear the same song I'm listening to?" I just the juxtaposition as to what I was watching and what I was listening to 
I don't know where they went to interpretation school, but it was not doing it for me. I thought this is well, not- and truthfully, they would run out of ideas. Yeah, and the we're going to talk about the choreographer a little That's bit. That's when they brought Hold in the pillars. Yeah, <laughs> they danced because, with the pillars. <laughs> yeah, I need a prop. I need, and literally, they say that because there were t- one of the biggest challenges was when a song would keep coming on the top ten over and over <laughs> and over again, and they didn't repeat choreography. They had to do new choreography to that one every single week. And the choreographer said that physical, the song physical, was on the top ten for ten weeks, and every time it popped up, they're like. Like, we can't do any more calisthenics. <laughs> and they would have to come up with something new. And so then what you end up doing is she'd say she'd listen for a little word or find a little story she could tell or introduce a prop. But you can tell after all, they just ran out of stuff to do. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I want to say that's exactly what happened when they danced to Steely Dan's Hey 19. And it was a mime routine. No! It was no. a mime. Yes. Oh. And... You mean meme, meme, obviously. Meme or mime, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. A la Shields and Yarnell. So I I don't know, but they must have run out. They ran out of ideas. And and somebody's like, anybody, anybody? Yacht rock rock memes. I think mimes, memes, whatever. Mm -hmm. For sure, it's funny. I mean, I watched one last night where the prop is a set of like six stairs. So they all start and they're all just sitting on the stairs. There's like four girls. And they're all like doing kicks and spins on the stairs. But then they all start rolling down the stairs. Like okay. like <laughs> long roll, like log roll, like not forward roll, but like you'd roll down a hill of grass. And they all start rolling one at a time down the stairs and then end. Ouch. Yes, first of all, ouch. But then when the I have to understand this. When the first person gets to the bottom, that person has to keep rolling. So the next, there's room for the next person. <laughs> and it was very comical to watch them. And I actually rewound it and watched a couple of times because I'm like, oh, this has to be like last minute. Like, shit, we need something to do. Okay. And you have to, they have to keep their face so serious. Like right. these are not, so, yeah. they're not funny. They're not laughing. They're like, roll. No, roll. I don't know how oh, they shit, were Get laughing. out of the way. Roll. Oh, yeah. Roll. It's it's so comical. I'm not saying, but it but is. I can't but I, I can I can I yeah. can both respect what they're doing as dancers and also laugh hysterically at it totally. because it's ridiculous yeah. dancing. I mean, and we'll talk actually, later about that. They're dancing. It's a whole form of dance that's so solid gold, basically. They kind of so created their own gold. genre of dance, basically. So there were a handful of choreographers for the solid gold dancers, including one from Saturday Night Fever. But the one that is best known is a woman named Anita Mann. And if you have ever watched The Monkees, you know Anita Mann. You don't know that you know her, but you know her. Because she appeared in one of the most famous musical segments on the show ever, on The Monkees, ever. Um, in a song called Cuddly Toy. You're not the only cuddly toy. Did you guys watch this video? I did, yeah. Oh, my God. She's a okay, everybody, it is the cutest thing you've ever seen. You just pause the podcast right now and just Google cuddly toy and the monkeys will wait. You just pause it. Okay. I swear to God, it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. You just want them to go and have babies immediately. It's so adorable. So Anita Mann was the choreographer for the monkeys, except Davy Jones did not like choreography. He liked to improvise. So none of the dancers on the monkeys wanted to dance with him because, of course, he didn't like to rehearse either. He wanted everything to be organic. So Anita Mann is like, fine, I'll do it. And if you watch, she's basically playing a game of copycat with Davy Jones. She's just trying to follow him and she's having a lot of difficulty keeping up. And if you go back and rewatch, you can see she's looking at his feet most of the time. It's adorable. 
So this is who ends up being our choreographer on Solid Gold. And she says that being a Solid Gold dancer was the job of the 1980s. If there was one spot open, she would have 1,500 people show up to audition for that spot. So Anita would cast the countdown ahead of time. She would know who was going in each dance. And she, so that means she was one of the only people to get the chart numbers. Who was the number one? It was like top secret information. It was just her and the musical director that would get this information. She did say that there was a lot of network interference because although the audience loved the solid gold dancers, the network, not so much. They thought the dancing was too sexual. The costumes were too sexy. She said there were religious groups that were saying she was going to burn in hell. They were exposing women's bodies. They were exploiting women. But she says, and I love this, she says, well, you can't dance with a full dress on. (laughs) I mean, come on. And the truth is, when you spend all day, every day in a dance studio, you just get really used to seeing people's bodies. I guarantee you that what you see on solid gold minus the sequence, that's what they're wearing in the studio. And so they're not, I don't feel that they're being exploited because this was what they wore Mm -hmm. every day. Boys, Mm -hmm. girls, all together. They're just leotards. And you don't even see it. They're just leotards. I mean, the, uh, they don't, they don't call them locker rooms in dance studios. They're like your, your dressing dressing room. room. There's a lot of nudity in a dressing room and nobody even looks. And there would even be times when you'd have boys in the dressing room with you, but you've got to change your clothes and you just did. And nobody thought about it. Um, They also, this is also kind of sad. The network was also very concerned about black men dancing with white women. Oh, wait, in the 80s? In the 80s, yes. Mid to late 80s, they were concerned about this. And so she just told them to shove it. And so if you watch the show, you'll see that there are black men dancing with white women all the time. And she was just like, go fuck yourself. Um, There were some noteworthy dancers on the show. I think the number one. Okay, so if you could pick out one dancer to talk about, is there one that stood out to you? Darcel. Michelle's having trouble with her headband. Sorry, I have to take my headband yes, off. Yes, Darcel. Darcel was just, you couldn't take your eyes Darcel, off of her. Darcel, you yes. couldn't take your hands, your, your hands off of her. <laughs> your eyes off Well, probably. She was also, wasn't she the dance captain? I think she was she the dance captain. She was the captain. principal so she dancer. She was in the front yes. of all the pyramids. She choreographed a lot of, a lot of the dances Okay, She did well. a lot of choreography. Her body roles were the sexiest. <laughs> she was the black woman with the long, long braids. Um, she eventually found God. And God made her um, re-examine her relationship with Solid Gold, and she eventually left the show. She wouldn't expand on that, like, well, what do you mean? What did he not like about Solid Gold? Well, welcome to my rabbit hole, ladies and gentlemen. (gasps) Yay! (laughs) And if I'd had, if everything had worked out, Darcel would maybe be popping on our screen right now or something. But <gasps> what no, are you I, talking no, about? I, I have messaged her, but I, I haven't heard anything back. But she oh has re-embraced her solid Wait. gold self. So um, she, I think she's still married, but um, okay. We yeah, so like. she, I, um, and she's written a book and she's teaching dance to women, to mature women, I think is kind of what like she us. said. Yeah. That's exactly right. I want right. to take so her class. I'm hoping, um, I still have not heard back from her, but um, yeah, so she's my fun uh, fun find, and she's really fun to follow on social media and stuff, and I think she's oh my she's okay about having been a solid gold dancer, yeah. and she's not afraid to um, embrace that lifestyle that she had then now. So, oh, um, Carolyn, will you put her um, 
social links in our show notes, maybe, because that would be fun yeah, for people I will. to see to be able to follow her. I mean, suffice it to say, Darcel was a hero to many. She oh, was yeah. just out front. She was the person who just owned that stage completely. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Darcel. Yeah. Okay, then we have Lucinda Dickey. Lucinda Dickey starred in both Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> which I saw at the drive-in. I'm sure I arrived Ooh. at the drive-in in the trunk, you know, as you do. Um, and then there was one guy. I'm watching these videos, and this guy looks so familiar. I was like, I know him, but I didn't know him. I had no idea who he was, but you know how that is where you're like, God, I know that guy. Oh, where is yeah. that guy from? That's Carolyn's life, right? So I finally figured it out. I was very proud of myself. So his name is Tony Fields. He performed in both Beat It and Thriller. That's kind of a big deal. That's history right there. To say that you were in Thriller, for God's sake. Um, But the way that I actually knew him was because he was in the film version of A Chorus Line in 1985. Michael Douglas was the... Yes, Michael Douglas. I love that one. Yeah. And he and isn't was, there a Landers? Um, isn't there a Landers in that? She's the yes, there girl, is. She's yeah. an ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Judy or Audrey, whichever one. Of them. one. Yeah. So two yeah, days in a row, Audrey. we're talking about the Landers sisters. No, I think so okay, that's no, where they're this season's John John Sebastian. John Sebastian. <laughs> so he gradually became ill, unfortunately, and when he wasn't able to dance anymore, he returned to his high school in Davis, California, where he mentored students, uh-huh. and he died of HIV-related cancer in 1995. But he is honored each year at Davis. This is so beautiful. He's honored each year at Davis Senior High School with a showcase called A Tribute to Tony Fields. And they have a scholarship that's available in his name. That's amazing. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really young to die. Oh, yeah. If he died in 1995, he was, you know, in his 30s probably. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that was at the height of the AIDS um, yes. epidemic and mm-hmm. crisis before we obviously know what we know now and mm-hmm. the work that's been done. But yeah, really sad. Okay, so here, this is very interesting. This is not something that you'd think that you would spend a lot of time talking about um, on a show, but we need to talk about the announcer. I don't know who it was. I have no idea. But what I do know is that he had a big job in that countdown. When the dancers were dancing and the song was playing, the announcer would say not just the name of the song and the artist and its position on the chart, he'd give you some little nuggets of information that you could tuck away. Mm-hmm. And I just really appreciated that. And I have like a whole list of things I learned from Solid <laughs> Gold in the last two days. Oh, I know. Did I you guys find any fun facts? Oh, yeah. Two that I thought were fairly interesting. One was that Sergio Mendez, he was a global songster. I mean, he had gold records in 11 different countries. I just think that was a lot of countries. Like, I could see two (laughs) or three countries. countries. I mean, eight is impressive, but 11 is a lot. Yeah, 11 is more than 10. Okay, you guys, this one I have in my notes in all caps and bold. I just want you to sit for a second. This just might blow your mind. And Kristen, I hope you don't have this one. You guys, the announcer let me know. That David Bowie had been a mime. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his first job out of high school? He didn't say if it was his first job in high school, but he had previously had a career as a mime. Oh, that's fantastic. Or meme. Oh my God. So, that. And you can yeah. see that, right? Mm-hmm. I think David that's Bowie a really makes great a really good meme. multiple choice trivia mm-hmm. question. Yes. We're going to add that to yeah. it, our next and trivia. You get it right if you For watch Solid sure. Gold. Mm-hmm. So okay, or if you listen to this episode. Okay, here are the things that I learned on Solid Gold. 
The Tubes, the band The Tubes that sang the song, She's a Beauty. Um, they are made up of the members, made up of members of the band. How do you even say that? The Tubes. <laughs> the Tubes guys, I can't are made up of. Okay. The Tubes. The members who sang of the Tubes. She's a Beauty. The members of the Tubes who sang the song, She's a Beauty, are made up of members of the bands Toto and the Motels. Did you oh, know that? I didn't. I did not. I didn't know that. Okay, here's factoid number two. This might be my biggest one, but still, I'm putting it number two. Um, and I'm going to say it just like the announcer said it. In the song, it's a song by Ambrosia, and I think it was like the biggest part of me or something like that. And the announcer says, author Kurt Vonnegut Jr. co-wrote one of their earlier hits. What? An Ambrosia hit? Kurt Gon- Vonnegut wrote an Ambrosia hit? They had more than one hit? Well, <laughs> And so I did um, like 30 seconds of research. And yes, that is indeed true. Ambrosia had a very minor hit called Nice, Nice, Very Nice. And it takes a Kurt Vonnegut poem from his book Cat's Cradle and sets it to music. Kurt Vonnegut and Ambrosia. Would you put those two things in the same no. sentence? Again, I don't know because I'm bad gold. at music. Can we just say it gold. Is, that's what it does. That's what it does. Oh, you guys, I just put my hand over my, my mouth and I swear I feel a whisker. Oh. <laughs> I don't see one, but it feels a little fuzzy here. Oh, no. Don't touch your upper lip ever because oh, you'll did. find a mustache. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like when you go to get yeah, your eyebrows done and then they, she says, do you want me to do your upper lip too? Yes. You're like, wait, what? So you're like, no, I don't need that. I know. Okay. Okay, here's my last factoid. My last factoid. Did you know that Johnny Mathis was offered a spot on the U.S. Olympic track team? I think I knew that, but I, I would have never that. remembered it again in my life had you not just no. said that. But when you said it, That's I was like, one. oh, yeah. Yeah. Dang, wow. I love some good old Johnny Mathis. Well, I think it's clear that the legacy of solid gold is strong. There's no doubt about it. It could be something that, that some people forgot about it, but there is no doubt that it has an indelible imprint on our psyches, for sure. And so when Anita Mann, the choreographer that I spoke about, when she was asked what she thought the legacy of Solid Gold was, she pointed to a Saturday Night Live skit from 2007 starring Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, Will Forte, Keenan Thompson, and LeBron James. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, we will send this out. If you, yeah. if you subscribe to our newsletter, Let's we put will in the send newsletter this video this to you because... It is so funny, and it's purely farcical, and it's poking fun at the solid gold dancers, but this choreographer loved it. She loved it, and she points to that as their legacy. So Keenan Thompson, he's, um, he's in an infomercial for a VHS recording of the solid gold dancers, and he says, There was nothing like watching the solid gold dancers moving slowly to very fast songs. Enjoy as the solid gold dancers sexy shake it to some of the undanceable songs ever written. And then the camera will pan over to the dancers dancing to We Built This City by Starship. And eventually they just like can't figure out what to do. And so long before the song ends, they all just like pose. They have to hold their pose for the whole song. It's so funny. So now I know whenever I see, now I can see it. When I see Kristen Wiig dance in anything, she's being informed by solid gold Mm -hmm. without a doubt. So I think, and I think I am agreeing with Anita Mann here. She says we need to bring solid gold back because this provides us with the variety that we don't have today. We have, she says, we have reality TV. 
but we don't have variety TV. Mm-mm. It's gone. It's totally gone. And I think people would watch. I think because it made me feel like I knew, I know what's going on. I know what people are listening to. Right. It made me feel very connected to the people in the rest of the country. I totally agree. I hate having to make choices. Sometimes I realize that, I do especially too. about myself, mm-hmm. as I have aged, like I'd rather be at some kind of a smorgasbord where I get a little bit of a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Solid Gold. It was, like you said, Kristen, you could kind of know what was going on in what other people were listening to. I might not yes. be listening to country, but I got a little snippet of Charlie Rich, and now I know what's happening over on Easy Listening with Melissa Manchester. So, yeah, I think it was... If they had a yeah. solid gold show now with the songs that are popular now, I would watch it because I'm finding it very difficult to know what people listen to. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad. I don't like it. I agree. I agree. So I think what we learned this week is that watching YouTube clips of solid gold is kind of addictive. Um, it is. <laughs> and it makes me realize how infrequently we get performances in real time of our favorite artists. And you can be, you can access music videos, you can get past performances, but there's nothing handed to you in real time. Uh-uh. And this made me feel completely, like I said, completely connected to the world. I mean, look at how many people watched that Adele special. The world mm-hmm. was on fire. Everyone watched that Adele special. And it was something to look forward to because I wasn't, it's not the kind of thing that I could see on my laptop later tonight, which right. is how we now function in the world. There was no place else to get access to these stars, these songs, the ones that are on the radio right now. And this is why we stayed up to watch Solid Gold. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening today, and we will see you next time. If you'd like to hear more of this episode, the parts that ended up on the cutting room floor, consider becoming one of our supporters on Patreon. This week, our supporters will get more of our conversation that includes a segment called... That is so solid gold. And also some good info on the connection between solid gold and Grant Goody from Eight is Enough. Yum. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Thank you all so much for listening and for sharing our podcast with others. We appreciate your support more than you know. And thank you so much to those of you for taking the time to click those stars and leave reviews. That's really important and um, we really appreciate it. And thank you to our supporters on Patreon who quite literally helped this podcast keep on trucking. This week, we're giving a special shout out to patrons Maria, Donna, Darby, Colleen, and Joanne. If you're interested in checking out our Patreon page, just go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and put our name in the search bar or you'll find clickable links on our website at poppreservationists.com as well as our Instagram page. Okay, friends. Now it's time to raise our glasses for a toast. Courtesy of our threes company pals, Janet, Jack, and Chrissy. Two good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers! The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn the Crushologist and Hello Newman and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Something always happens whenever we're together. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.